Welcome to The Human Beat. I'm Roger Rocca. Clatsop Community Action is a nonprofit agency that has been providing services to low-income residents of the county for over 30 years. CCA tries to help people meet their critical needs like shelter and food. Their clients include people who are homeless. The executive director of Clatsop Community Action is Viviana Matthews. Clatsop Community Action, I think uh, we're all, we've all heard the name, mm-hmm. but many of us, unless we're using your services, aren't really sure what it is. So can you kind of give us a, a little thumbnail sketch of, of who you are? Um, you're not a county agency. We're right? not. You don't, mm-hmm. You're not actually a government agency, you're a nonprofit. We are a nonprofit. So Clatsop Community Action's mission is to help people with housing, food, and other basic needs. So we have many different programs to be able to meet those needs in Clatsop County. We receive uh, federal, state funding, corporation, county funding, uh, city fundings, and other nonprofit fundings through grant writing. So we don't receive money directly from the federal government, but we do receive money from the federal government through grant writing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, before we get into talking about your programs, can you tell me a little bit about who your clients are? Who are the people you serve? So, as I mentioned, our mission is to help people with food, housing, and other basic needs. And the people that we see are people from people who have been experiencing homelessness Mm -hmm. to people who were affected by COVID and were out of work for a certain amount of time, or people who just moved into the area and everybody has to qualify for our services um, through our, um, you know, regulations and and, um, regulations policies and such. For instance, for the housing programs, uh, mainly based on income uh, for the food programs is um, if you need food come to the food bank mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. so you operate more than one location you're here uh, in Astoria so the admin office is here in Astoria in the social services we have the uh, food bank that is located in Warrington and then we have two satellite offices one at Providence Seaside Hospital and the other one at Columbia Memorial Hospital in Astoria. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned housing, and housing, I think we all know that housing is a really extreme problem in our, in our area right now. Absolutely. Housing is very, very expensive. What has that done in terms of your ability to, to operate and do what you want to do? Huge um, ability of not able to be able to help people moving into housing, you know, moving into a permanent solution. People who have moved into the area, people who just need to move for simply, they need to find an apartment or a house, the inventory is absolutely non-existent. So, you know, five years ago, six years ago, we were able to house somebody who was ready to be housed within a couple of weeks. Now it takes months to be able to find something that people are able to um, afford. And in theory, people shouldn't have to pay more than, what is it, 30% of their income for housing? We've seen housing, people are paying 90, 95% of their income towards housing. Which leaves nothing for... For living. For living, for eating, for... For anything. There is, we have a client who is in one of our, um, our, an apartment complex here in Astoria. 
Her rent is um, $675. Her income under Social Security is $695. Mm -hmm. You tell me, how is that going to be sustainable? Without social services, without other services that we provide to our clients, such as food banks and the uh, personal care items and energy assistance and so on, are able to help them to be sustainable in some way, some capacity. Well, I'd, I'd like to ask you, as somebody who deals with this face-to-face -face every day, what would you like to see happen? What, what, what do we need to do as a community? Well, the cycle of poverty is very real. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's so many different solutions out there, but they're not instant solutions. You know, the uh, income here are very low for people who are in poverty. Um, people are saying, well, there's a lot of jobs out there, right? That are paying 15 and up. But then a lot of people do have children that they need childcare, and childcare is extremely expensive. And almost impossible and to find. And non-existent. Yeah. Right. So then if you have little ones, you have to rely on family and relatives and friends to be able to take care of your kids. And, and that really doesn't work either, because if you don't get paid to take care of kids, then you know, that is not sustainable either. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that need to happen, you know, childcare, education, better paying jobs with benefits, um, a lot of things out there that needs to happen before we even can even contemplate the idea of fixing homelessness. Well, let me ask you a question that I also asked uh, Amy Baker when I talked with her with Classic Behavioral Health. And that, that is, if all of a sudden, somehow, you had all the money you could imagine mm -hmm. to do the things that you need to do, how would you use that first? What would you do with that first? What's, what needs could you attack with that? I will always like to invest in children. They are our future, and that's the, I think that's the basic um, need that we need to meet. Invest in children in their education, so when they grow up they have better paying jobs. Mm -hmm. um, to me, most of the money I would say probably invested in children. Um, second of all, of course, housing, you know, build housing, but if people are not ready ready to move into a permanent housing without the support, it really doesn't work. So I want to be able to give people the support that they need to stay housed. Mm -hmm. So for instance, the client that I talked to earlier, you know, she has enough money to pay her rent and that's about it. But then with the other, if the other services were not existing, she wouldn't be able to be successful. She would be on the street. Are you talking uh, like a situation where there's sort of transitional housing? No, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, uh, when somebody's homeless per se, it's not just about housing, mm -hmm. it's other things too. There's other reason in why they're, they are uh, homeless, not just housing. There is, you know, issues with, with drug addiction, alcohol, and so many other different factors, right? Right. So we have to give them support to be able to address those factors to be able to stay housed. Yeah, there's no such thing as the homeless. We have lots of different homeless populations uh, for different reasons. Absolutely. And I just want to make sure that people realize that 
OCCA is not the agency to help only homeless people. Actually, our 75% of our services go to people who are housed. Mm -hmm. Who still don't have enough to kind of right? They don't have enough to survive. Well, you have, you have to have staff to do this. Tell me more about the agency itself yeah. and what kind so of resources we, you have. We we grew a lot by the last by the last two years. Uh, when I became the ED, we had fifteen people working, and then right today we have twenty four people doing the work that we need to do to be able to help so many people in the county. That's including the uh, food bank too. And um, yeah, it takes a lot of people to do what we do. Mm -hmm. So what kind of staff do you have at this So point? we have case managers. We have uh, community resource specialists. We have homeless liaisons. We have people who work at the food bank. Uh, there are four people there. Uh, we have the uh, maintenance people at the Hilltop apartment complex. Um, we have the veteran service officer that is housed here in, uh, under the umbrella of CCA. We have front desk people. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, all sorts. So assisting veterans would be a whole other category of uh, things absolutely that you do. Not, yeah, because the veteran service officer sees all the veterans in Clatsop County, not only the in low income. They, the veteran service officer see all veterans. Well, tell me a little bit about your background and kind of what drew you, how did you get to be where you are? What oh. drew you into doing this work? It just happened by accident, I think. Well, nothing really happens by accident. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I think that, but most of the times I think that I was born to do this, uh, to help others. So I was, my background is, uh, I was born in Argentina, Japanese, Argentinian. Mm -hmm. And then I came to the state right to come to college after I graduated in Buenos Aires with um, um, international public relations. And then my husband is from this area. So about 25 years ago, we decided to move back home, his home in Nassau, Washington. And then I was looking for work and I started working in social services about 20 years ago at Head Start. I worked for Head Start for about 10 years, mm -hmm. and then I became a CCA employee 10 years ago, in the last two years, an executive director. Somebody comes in your door and they have a need of some kind, what, what happens? What's your process for helping people? Yeah, so there are two doors. One is somebody who is housed and they need other services to maintain house, such as energy assistance and personal care items. and or, you know, veteran services officer services, right? So we, they go through that door, essentially. And then there's another door for people who, who are homeless. And the people who are homeless, we do uh, an assessment to see what, it's the, what is it that they need, what caused them to be homeless, and how can they uh, obtain housing. Mm -hmm. So there are two different categories from there, and then they meet with the case manager to do an assessment, the people who are, um, who are homeless, and do an assessment and see how they can um, obtain housing, which sometimes takes a couple of months, sometimes a couple of years. Well, as you mentioned, there are people who are homeless who, who have different issues. Some of them uh, maybe uh, have alcohol issues. Some of them may have drug issues. Some of them may have mental health issues. Mm -hmm. 
how do you what do you do there? Do you coordinate with other agencies or yeah, how does that we work? do. We we have uh, some uh, partnerships with shelters with the uh, the harbor, which is domestic violence uh, survivor. Uh, we partner with uh, CBH, uh, Class of Behavioral, and refer people to their services and make sure that they are connected to the services that they might need. Mm-hmm. We mentioned the food bank. How does that work? Well, the food bank receives funding from Oregon Food Bank donations and some other grants too to be able to provide uh, food. We bring the, most of the food that we bring to Clatsop County I think it's over 80% of the food that we bring to Clatsop County comes outside of Clatsop County. So we bring it in, CCA Food Bank brings it in and we distribute to our community here through through the um, uh, food, food um, pantries throughout mm-hmm. the county and shelters and some other um, organizations. Mm-hmm. Last year we delivered uh, close to 1.5 million pounds of food in Clatsop County. That's a lot of need that you're filling then, obviously. Yeah. Our rental assistance last year was the, over $2 million. So some people who come in the door maybe just need to be sent to the place where they can get help. Some of them mm-hmm. you have to help yourself. Is that sort of that what That is happened? correct. So somebody who is homeless or they need a place to stay for the night because it's the winter, you know, winter is here. So we refer them to the Astoria Warming Center or Helping Hands. And then we make sure that they are connected to the Lifeboat, uh, which is another nonprofit um, here that works with the unsheltered population. And then we also provide services such as personal care items, which is anything that you need um, to be able to, you know, meet your hygiene needs. Um, because food stamps does not buy toilet paper. <laughs> yes. So we we give out toilet papers, and it's something so essential. But C- Absolutely. CCA has it. Well, you mentioned earlier, too, this, the woman who's spending 95% of her income on housing. And uh, as we all know, how it doesn't end there. You have to have power. You have to have water. You have to have uh, uh, disposal services. Mm-hmm. And somehow that has to be covered as well. Right. Or, that's or, when we help, we, you know, we subsidize whatever she might not be able to pay herself, we help her with energy assistance to pay for her power, her water, um, her personal care, her food, so she can maintain house. Now are a lot of the clients that you help, are they single people or do you have a lot of families? We have a lot of families. We have a lot of uh, single parents, a lot of, not only just single mothers, because people had that, maybe that misconception that only single mothers, but we have a lot of single fathers out there too. Mm-hmm. We have uh, grandparents raising their grandkids. We have great grandparents raising their grandkids, great grandkids. We have a multi-generational household that just live together because they're not able to make ends meet, and then we help them with energy assistance. Mm-hmm. Is that where the Healthy Families program comes in, or is that something different? Yeah, Healthy Family comes in, but we don't manage that program. That, that program is managed by another nonprofit, Community mm-hmm. Action Team in St. Helens. Another program that we do that it was very new because of COVID, it's a wraparound services um, 
people who either have been diagnosed with COVID or need to quarantine because of COVID. So then we go in and help them to stay housed during those very essential two weeks. So we provide uh, rental assistance or stay in a hotel. We provide meals, we provide laundry services. So the person who has COVID stays right in there quarantining until they are clear by their health provider. We also help the uh, partner with uh, public health to provide uh, meals and also support during the vaccine events and also uh, testing sites. Mm -hmm. Is there, is there something the community can do to assist with the work that you are trying to do? Mm -hmm. is, there, is there a way the community can be involved well, in, we always, in what you do? We always need uh, support with funding. So if you feel that you had an extra $10 and you want to help somebody, you know, um, help us. <laughs> well, how would somebody do that? Do you have a... Uh, yeah, so then they can visit our website at ccaservices.org. Mm -hmm. And also, um, we also need uh, people to know what CCA does, and if they know somebody in need, to refer them to us. Right. So you mm -hmm. can you can help somebody know where to go for the mm -hmm. assistance they need. Tell me a little more about your veteran services program. What what? Yeah, the veteran service. So every county has to have a veteran to help other veterans with their benefits. Um, to either a file for benefits or anything to do with their benefits, mm -hmm. medical benefits, monetary benefits from the VA. So this is the first year that we have the veteran service officer housed at Clatsa Community Action, and it's to help all the veterans here in Clatsa County, which they are about 3,700 veterans in our county. And nothing is simple uh, with with veterans. Uh, some of them are homeless, are veterans, yes. and some of them are homeless because of PTSD and mm -hmm. so on. Is that something else that you need yeah, to do? Yeah. So with? then, one of the great things about having the veteran service officer here is uh, that it's, this veteran service officer is connected to social services here in the, in the county, which is our services at CCA. So if the veteran service officer comes across a veteran who might need housing, then the referral and the uh, connection to the social service, it's, it's practically immediately. So it's not waiting for somebody to get a, uh, to get a phone call or anything like that. It's, it happens immediately and vice versa. So sometimes we have homeless individuals that come through the door and they might not see themselves as a veteran, but we ask that question, have you served in the military? And if they have served, we connect them to the veteran service officer immediately too because they might have some benefits that they're not aware of. What are, the, what are the upsides of the job that you do? Are there some, some high points, some moments that make you think, boy, I'm glad I do this? Um, every day, my coworkers, every single one of them gives me a reason to be here. They come to work and they do the heavy lifting of the agency. They do the drug services. They're the, they're the front of the agency and, and they give me a lot of um, reasons to keep going. It happens to be that, you know, I was a teacher at Head Start. Mm -hmm. I was in the classroom, you know, so many years ago with a three-year-old, and now those three-year-olds are 20-some having kids, and um, help, we're helping them to be, uh, you know, successful in whatever they might be. And 
that's 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 huge to me. That's Viviana Matthews, executive director of Clatsop Community Action, a nonprofit agency helping low-income residents meet basic critical needs. During our interview, we talked about the diversity of the homeless population, and I thought we'd use the few minutes we have left for some examples. Here are excerpts from some interviews I did a few years ago at the Astoria Warming Center. Your whole day consists of managing where you're going to eat, keeping your clothes dry, you know, uh, you have to, without having a car and nowhere to cook, I mean, you have to move yourself from, you know, point A to point B to, you know, and stay dry while you're going to your meals and even doing laundry. I mean, trying to do, do your laundry when, and then it rains on your, on your wet laundry. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, I mean, all your clean laundry is just soaked. What do you do? It's ruined. Then you go back to your tent with wet laundry and... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a miserable situation. Being in survival mode all the time does not allow you the time to go look for a job. I mean, how are you going to look for a job in wet clothes, you know, in a pouring rain? How are you going to get there and have a decent interview if you don't have clean clothes and, and, you, and your hygiene looks poorly and you're unshaven? I mean, your chances are slim. This place has actually allowed me to be able to have a break from survival mode long enough to where I've been able to schedule operations. Um, Now I've been accepted for some housing. And also, it's given me the time to research other help. I'm going to be receiving some grants and going to school to be a chemical chemical dependency counselor, actually. Wow. So, yeah, that... So being here, actually, if it wasn't for this place, that wouldn't happen because I would be spending my whole day trying to just get by. That's, you know, and, and life would pass me by as I'm trying to survive everything. But the, the stereotype is what, what the community needs to get over, actually, because not every homeless person is the same. It, it could be the guy standing in the grocery line, you know, with good hygiene and and doesn't spend his money on alcohol and has clean clothes, but he's just as homeless as the next guy. He's lost and, his job and, and yeah. And you wouldn't even know. Yeah. Or it could be the guy under the bridge. Or or it might be the family that you see in their truck at Safeway all the time. And, you know, you wouldn't even know that, that they were homeless. Yeah. But they are. So I mean so to stereotype, you know, I think is wrong. I, I mean, if the community is going to complain about the homeless and they don't want the homeless, you know, to be here or they don't want the homeless to be there, well, then the, the community needs to come up with, well, where do you want the homeless to be? Right. Basically. Right. You know, because they're, they're not going to go away. So if it wasn't for this place, um, I don't know where we would be, mm-hmm. you know, sleeping in our truck, probably. But I have a daughter. She's here. Mm-hmm. She's 17. She graduated high school early. She's pregnant. She's working. And, you know, she's homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot to have stacked on your shoulders at 17. That's an awful lot. And she's, you know, the whole experience has brought her and I together more. And if it wasn't for this place and these, you know, these volunteers and Cheryl and Caitlin, I don't know where we'd be. 
You know, I think what people don't realize, uh, quite a few of the people that I've talked with here uh, are working. Mm -hmm. Some of them have vehicles. Mm -hmm. But that third thing, getting a place to live, mm -hmm. is so expensive and so hard here now. I was in my last place for um, almost seven years, you know. The place before that, I was there seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, I'm not used to moving around, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't like it. Um, this is my first time ever being homeless. Well, my name's Morgan. I came here um, trying to get off of and away from the drug use and stuff like that, where I'm from in Seaside. Um, I wasn't able to manage my life at that point be mm -hmm. without, you know, having friends and family come through that were always, you know, using drugs. So um, I opted to come up here, and uh, I had a buddy that knew where a site was, like a pitch a tent. And uh, so me and my girlfriend, we came up here, we started going to AA meetings, and then two days, our second day up here, the shelter opened. And so we started coming to the shelter, and I ended up volunteering through DHS at the shelter in the mornings to fill some time for... Uh, to have children for TAMP. Mm -hmm. So uh, between this and then uh, the senior center in the mornings, my day was, you know, up till 1 o'clock was full of volunteering time, um, which was kind of nice. It gave me something to focus on. Um, later on, it, it helped me out when I went to apply for a job um, at Hampton Inn, which I now am employed at. Um, I had a letter recommendation from doing laundry and all the volunteer stuff here. Um, I took that to Hampton Inn, and they were kind of iffy about hiring me because I was homeless. Sure. And so they read that, and then they called and talked with the the main lady that runs at Cheryl, and they were quite impressed with what she had had to say about me. And so through them and this place, I'm able to keep my job because I can, if I, I work night audit usually, I go to work at 11 o'clock at night, I get off at 7. I don't like my girlfriend being alone in a tent in those hours, right. you know, so... It's a nice place for her to come and be safe, and then for me to get, get a shower, get my work clothes clean, and keep up on that stuff while I try to save up for a place. Because most places here, they want three times the rent. Sure. I don't make $3,000 a month. Right. You know, a lot of people don't. So It's, it's, it's kind tough of a, here right now to find affordable housing. And yeah. I think everybody's become aware of that. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the biggest problems in the county is the affordable housing. I was off and on, but recently it's, uh, I just came back down in the beginning of January. Mm -hmm. So it's February now. I've been down here for a month. Mm -hmm. um, it sucks, though, because like, I try to get a loan so I can get out of the streets, but they wouldn't like accept me because I am homeless. Right. And I don't have a stable house, but like that's why I need that loan. Yeah. Like I have a job, and I make good money, and I love my job. Like I got a car, I've, I feel so set, and all I need is a place to live, and like... So you're breaking up one stereotype right there. You have a job. I do. You have a car. Uh-huh. But you, you probably need the first and last months and stuff to get into a, a, a place. Yeah. And so that, that hurdle you, you haven't gotten over yet. Yeah. And it's because of the fact that I'm homeless. Right. Is why they won't, like, help me out. But, like, I have a good enough job that I know I will work hard to pay that loan off. Because I'm a hard worker. I mean, been since day one. Um, you know, you got to work to get out of where you are. Right. So. That's the Human Beat for this month. I'm Roger Rucka. Thanks for listening.